0: I've got to share something with you. When I was presented with uh, what my topic for this sermon, what it was going to be, um, in our Lead Like Jesus series, without really having to give it much thought, I knew what Jesus' habits were: like solitude and prayer, gathering regularly to worship, maintaining supportive relationships, and both knowing and doing God's word. But I grew up in the church. I've been a Christian most of my life. My career is in the church. I should know what these habits are. And thinking about you all, I was concerned earlier this week that you'd already know too, and and that you do what we all do when we think we already know something we tune out, we get comfortable in our chairs, we turn on autopilot and engage the nodding so the preacher thinks that we're listening. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. You're practiced, Charles. You (laughs) practice, But the Bible calls us to do much more than listening. Because that's the problem. Whether we're really listening or not, God's word says in James 1.22, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. I like what the King James Version has to say in this first part. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. So if you want to lead like Jesus, then you got to do the do, James 1.22. Do the do, James one. 22, God wants us to be doers of the word and not hearers only. If we are just hearers only, then we are deceiving ourselves, thinking that being here is doing us any good. We have to be doers of God's word. And then that's when his word will transform us. So keeping that in mind, let's turn in our Bibles to Mark chapter 1, verse 35. It will also be there on the screen. To begin to see what God's Word says about Jesus' habits as a leader. But actually, we're only going to look at one habit. When I got too deep into this, I realized that there was so much that God's Word had to say about one so we're going to look at a habit of Jesus as a leader. Of solitude and prayer. Mark 1.35 says this. Very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. Oh, May we practice solitude and prayer to that degree. A Jesus, like Jesus did, that people had to come looking for Him. You know, the way that we practice it, they just sit around, if, if they notice that we're gone at all, and then we're back in a few minutes. May we get to the point that we practice solitude and prayer so much that people are wondering where we are. Now, the scripture doesn't tell us how long Jesus had been gone, but long enough for Simon Peter and his companions to feel like they needed to go looking for him. And don't you love the frustration in in their voices? We've been looking everywhere for you, Jesus. Jesus. That also speaks to maybe perhaps how far away from them that Jesus went to get some solitude. I don't know why he went away. Maybe Peter snored. Or maybe he just didn't want to be distracted by the disciples when they got up and pulled him away too early from his quiet time with God too quickly. Now have the excuses started rising up in your head yet? Like... Well, I'd like to do this, but I'm too busy. But when we see here, Jesus was busy too. Yet he still made time to withdraw early in the morning to a solitary place and pray. Even though Jesus had spent the bulk of the day before teaching and casting out a demon from a man in the synagogue. And after that, Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law from a debilitating fever. Now, he may have had a little downtime until sunset when the whole town came up and people all from around the region gathered at his door, bringing people to Jesus for him to heal and cast out demons. And Jesus did this long into the evening. And then Scripture says that very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. He prayed. And it seems like right after this that Jesus starts traveling again to nearby villages, preaching and driving out demons once again. Jesus was busy too. And yet he made time to have a long time with God by withdrawing to a solitary place and praying. Kind of in the study I was curious about what kind of the world says outside the scripture. What does the world say about the benefit of Solitude. Yeah, I have to admit one of the first things that came to my mind was what superhero would gain strength and talk to his father in a place of solitude? Superman. Superman withdraw to the fortress of solitude and talk to his dad, which I thought, how cool, that's a whole sermon in itself. Especially when you know that Superman's dad's name is House of El. In English it means House of El. Jarell I think. Which is House of El. And El is Hebrew for God. And Ka'el, Superman's name, means Voice of God. Kind of cool stuff. I'm, I'm getting way ahead of myself. But anyway, so, so then also I started looking on the internet and I found this Forbes magazine article from August 5th, 2017 that lists the study that was done. It says, uh, seven science-backed reasons you should spend more time alone. And So the seven aren't there. I'm going to read them for you. I wasn't, I wouldn't be able to read that either. So here's the seven that I found. One, alone time increases empathy. Solitude increases productivity. Solitude sparks creativity. Being alone can help you build mental strength. Solitude may decrease behavior problems in kids, so set the example. Being alone gives you an opportunity to plan your life. Solitude helps you know yourself. You know, truth be told, this past Thursday... This past Thursday evening, I was in my office and I was stuck in my sermon writing. And it took all I had not to join Leah and the ladies out there doing the Zumba class because that beat is contagious. <laughs> but so I decided to, yeah, exactly, exactly. But so I decided to practice what I was going to be preaching. And so I went out to my car and I grabbed my just my size lawn chair that sits low to the ground. <laughs> Hey, hey now. <laughs> and I took it out back in our property where the, uh, where the tall grass starts. I put my feet on, my, I did my feet, I put my phone on mute. I had to use it a couple times. I took my pad out there so I could write. And I sat. I said hi to George who was, running his weed whacker and he was so kind to say I could join him but I said no because it looked like he was having so much fun I didn't want to mess him up. (laughs) I said hi to a guy walking his dogs around but I pretty much just sat still. And I have to tell you that I left that place more at peace, refreshed, And more productive than I started. Plus, I left with a good laugh. Because while I was outside, a bird convention decided to set in. And as they decided to leave, I covered my head with my pad. Thinking how funny it would be if I got pooped on. Because I could show it up on the screen. And so, there you go. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Okay, so let's go back to Jesus and his habits. What did Jesus gain from his alone time with God, from his time of solitude and prayer? So let's check out where we left off. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That's why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. So, in addition to spending more time with God, Jesus was blessed with direction. Though the crowd was there and it seemed like the proper thing to do, Jesus could have stayed and healed and taught till his heart's content but it seems like the result of his quiet time with God that day was direction and perhaps some perspective because right after that it was time for him to move on to the nearby villages and preach there also because that's why he came. Now some of you might be, just be busting at the seams to say an isolated incident a habit does not make. Maybe not those exact words if you don't want to sound like Yoda. But that's kind of how it came to my mind. But I'm here to tell you, it's not an isolated incident. We're going to go one after another. We're going to look at incident over incident, time after time, where Jesus in the middle of the craziness takes time to have a long time with God in solitary, being solitary in prayer, in solitude in prayer. So check out Luke chapter 6, verse 12. One of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them whom he also designated apostles. It seems like Jesus always had people around him who'd come and go as they pleased. They were kind of the crowd. They were always there, but they kind of came and go. They came and went. But among the crowd was a lesser but more committed group of people who were disciples of Jesus. And it was from among this group, the disciples, that Jesus picked his 12 apostles. So again, we see Jesus withdrawing, to a solitary place, it seems. Because he had to call the people to him. They weren't right there, so he had to call people to him. And after spending an extended period of time away, that is part of the day before and all night spending a long time with God, praying before making this big decision. So how was Jesus blessed this time? I would say he gained some clarity, clarity And a decision. It was time to pick apostles who would carry on his ministry long after Jesus returned to heaven. This was a big deal. This was a huge decision to make. People's eternal lives hung in the balance. So Jesus spent the night in his solitary place praying. And when his alone time with God was complete, he had God-given clarity to pick 12 Apostles. So far, a long time with God in solitude and prayer brought about in Jesus and in us can bring about in us perspective, direction, clarity, the ability to make a big decision. Sounds like things that we are in short supply of. But there's more. So sometime later in Matthew 14.22. If you want to turn there. Jesus plans plans to get away to a solitary place with his disciples. They're messed up. By a crowd of 5,000 men. Not including women and children. All upon whom Jesus has compassion and spends the day teaching them and healing the sick. And close to evening, Jesus miraculously feeds all of them with five loaves of bread and two fish. And after experiencing the miracle, the people want to make Jesus king. And by force if they have to. Matthew 14.22 says that immediately. Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. In a little bit, Jesus will see the disciples struggle at the oars because of the storm, and he will go out to them walking on the lake. So, another crazy day after the one before, yet Jesus made time in between the craziness. Jesus made time in between the craziness to spend time with God, withdrawing to a solitary place and praying. Why? Because Jesus really could have become king if he wanted to. He could have lived a very comfortable life being the bread-making Messiah. Forget the dying a horrific death for the sins of the world. He would have been set for life. Instead, though, he sent his apostles on, dismissed the crowd. And went up on a mountainside to pray. And no doubt God blessed him during that time with renewed focus. Jesus had come to seek and to save the lost, to save the world. He came to die for humanity's sins and to rise again so we could be saved. And that's what he did. But we're not done. Luke talks again in Luke chapter 9, verse 28, of another time that Jesus withdrew. This time he took Peter and James and John along with him and went up onto a mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. This incident is what's called the transfiguration, where Jesus' appearance has changed and his clothes became as bright as lightning. And then Moses and Elijah, who've been long dead, with him and then, then Peter and John and James sort of freak out and then God speaks from a cloud saying this is my son referring to Jesus God says this is my son whom I have chosen listen to him but think think how Jesus would have missed out on all that if he decided not to pray that day a decision that we make in passing. A decision that we might be pretty flipping about. Think about what we're missing out on. And I know that God appears in, in, the, in the gentle whisper. He's not always in the fire. But I wonder if perhaps the times that we don't pull away in solitude and prayer, that we're missing God showing up. In a big way. There's one last time. In Luke 22 verse 39. You know last night when I kind of finished uh, writing this verse down. And a little bit thoughts after that we're going to look at. I kind of had to, to, to take a step back. Because we are looking at the last moments of Jesus' life. Things are coming to an end. And yet he takes time to get away and pray. Luke chapter 22, verse 39. Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. How was Jesus blessed during this time with God? Strength. Jesus was blessed with strength to face the tough road ahead. With only hours left to live. And moments before, they'll come to arrest him and falsely accuse him, brutally beat him and savagely crucify him with the weight of the humanity's sins upon his shoulders. Before that, Jesus withdraws with his apostles to a solitary place and going a little further, he prays, pouring out his anguish of the moment. And with moments left to live, Jesus withdraws to have one last alone time with God. It's like he had to, like it was a habit. May solitude and prayer, may our alone time with God become a habit too. But time gets in the way and so do distractions like the ones we carry in our pocket. Like the other morning, after having a quiet time, I had a quiet time, scripture reading and some prayer, I went flipping around my phone like we all do, and I noticed that I it felt like my head was uh, warming up like my phone does when it starts to overheat. So my mom's here, so I'm sure she's concerned. <laughs> Dr. Lee was in the first service, so I'll get that checked out. But I noticed that my head was just kind of, feel, kind of feeling hot. And so I was like, hmm, that's interesting. So I put my phone down, laid my head back in the chair, and just sat in the quietness of the morning. Now, your solitary place might not be a mountainside. But maybe down the hall or downstairs at night after everyone has gone to bed. Or early morning while everyone else is still asleep. Or it might be out on this acreage that God has blessed us with. Whenever and wherever it is, as we work at making a long time with God, may we one day know that we've arrived because people will reply with texts and emails and then voicemails and tweets and chats and there, because everyone is looking for us wondering where we are because we haven't responded yet we'll know that we have arrived when that time comes and while we're spending alone time with god may we be blessed By a renewed perspective, direction, clarity, focus, and strength. We'll be better for it. Spending alone time with God in solitude and prayer. You know, I tell you, I am very thankful that Jesus did that. Because otherwise we would be talking a very different story where I believe that Jesus regained some his perspective. When those people wanted to make him king, he chose instead to be the king of kings, which meant his death on the cross, his burial, but also his resurrection. And that's what we get to remember each and every time that we gather on the Lord's day, when we take of the bread that represents his body that was broken for us and The blood that was shed for the forgiveness of our sins. And the the moment the servers will come forward to let us partake in that. Let us pray.